Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Howard David Live. Uh, we uh, welcome you, Jason Cole. I've been writing about the NFL for a very long time. Uh, I shouldn't say that. That makes you old, then, right? No, I'm old, so that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I have never, you know, been covering the league a long time as a broadcaster. Nothing surprises me. Nothing shocks me. Uh-huh. But if I was pushing that envelope last weekend, uh, the Jet victory over Buffalo certainly was a stunner. Detroit knocking off Green Bay, maybe not as much because Green Bay is not the same team. But mm-hmm. getting back to the Jets, I mean, I think Shockwaves is still filtering throughout the league for what they did to Buffalo. It's not winning the game. It's how they did it with their defense. Well, number one, the defense, um, I would give it to them. But they were also really physical. I mean, they ran the ball, I think, 34 or 37 times. I don't have the stats in front of me. And they, you know, they were very effective in the running game, which I think if you look back, it's funny you mentioned Green Bay because the week before, Green Bay kept a game kind of artificially close by running the ball in a game where they were really outclassed in Buffalo, um, but they were dedicated to it. I think the Jets looked at that and said, okay, if we can keep the pace of this game under control and then force um, Josh Allen into situations where he's going to you know, turn it over. I mean, the one thing that Josh Allen still does too much of is he turns the ball over too much. Um, he's got to get that under control. And I think that if you slow the pace of a game down and don't create so many possessions for Buffalo, it's hard for them to kind of get going. So I think it's this great combination. Yes, the Jets were great on defense. You know, they got the the fumble at the end that forced the fourth and 21. They got the interception early on the first, on the first possession. Um, but also in concert with a great running game that kept the pace of the game at a Jets pace and a winnable pace. And I think that that's a good blueprint for, for people to take when going against the Bills. And Tennessee did kind of the same thing against Kansas City. Uh, if you remember, Robert Salas said uh, before the game, he said his advice uh, to Zach Wilson was, it's okay to be boring, <laughs> you know? Um, and basically the message was, we don't need you to throw the ball all over the lot. So he listened to his coach. I think he had 25 attempts, uh, didn't throw for a lot of yards, but did not throw an interception, did fumble the ball once. But by and large, uh, their running game was so effective with Michael Carter uh, and and uh, and Robinson. Uh, I, I was impressed with the way they moved the ball on the ground and they didn't beat themselves. Right. Well, Zach Wilson, look, there's still this major question out here about can Zach Wilson go win a game mm-hmm. where you have to provide a lot of offense? And I think that's a completely legitimate question. You're going to got to find out. The big one in this one is don't lose a game, as, as Sala told him. 
prepare to be boring and don't try to prove something. I think that Zach Wilson too many times, you know, right now is trying to prove that he belongs as a top pick, that he can do electric things. And look, he's a little guy. I mean, he's just not a very big dude. Um, He's got a pretty decent arm um, when he's throwing from a platform. But once he gets chased out of the pocket, he's not the same kind of thrower, just like most guys aren't the same kind of thrower. He's not Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes who can just wing a ball on his arm strength, right? He's just not that guy. So don't try to be that guy. Try to be a guy who can, you know, win the boring game and then make the, the plays and then wait for the Jets to go get better talent around you. Um, because the Jets right now still don't have great talent around. They're getting better, but they're not great. Well, the draft produced a number of good things for the Jets. Uh, you know, obviously losing Brees Hall is a big damage to their running yeah. game because he had all got off to such a great start. And they're missing Corey Davis also. But uh, Garrett Wilson has proven that he can, he can play. Uh, surprisingly, uh, I, I'm surprised that Elijah Moore is not getting more opportunities. And he's already said that he wanted to be traded and so on. Fact of the matter is, the guy showed last year he can play. Well, yeah, I mean, he's unhappy for whatever reason he's unhappy about. Okay, and I and I don't quite get this. And Elijah Moore showed some stuff, but like none of these guys yet. Maybe Garrett Wilson will get there, but they don't have anybody yet. Um, and you thought Brees Hall maybe had a chance, and unfortunately got the knee injury. But uh, there's not a guy that makes you redraw the X's and O's. Uh, as a mm. defensive coordinator. They don't have one of the guys like that, or they don't have a collection of guys. They're sort of where the Bears are right now, where you've got Mooney, who's a good player, and then they just brought in Claypool. they got some decent running backs, but nothing's electric, except, you know, in Chicago's case, it's, you know, Justin Fields looks electric the last three games. Right. Zach Wilson is not Justin Fields. He's not that kind of athlete. He may be a better passer, and you design your offense around that, we'll see. But he's not an electric athlete the way that, that Justin Justin Fields is. And unfortunately, he's tried to be that, and it's failed miserably in some games. Um, you know, don't throw under pressure. Get the ball out of your hands. Do the Joe Montana thing. Just let somebody else take the ball. Now they got to get other guys to take the ball, and they'll do that. Um, but, you know, he's got to learn to play quarterback, too. You know, we, we're talking with Jason Cole, a longtime NFL writer. Uh, you see the changing of the guard from the pure pocket passer to the explosive runner like Fields, like Lamar Jackson, like Kyler Murray, like Patrick Mahomes, guys that are mobile quarterbacks. But that could also throw it. But it, 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 while I thought the Jets' victory over Buffalo was stunning, you got to put Detroit knocking off Green Bay in the same category almost but that's five straight losses now for Green Bay, which further underscores the fact that Aaron Rodgers misses his favorite target, Devontae Adams. He misses any target. I mean, who does he have any trust? I mean, he doesn't ram a copy that, you know, uh, he misses Marquez Valdez Scantling, right? I mean, he misses everybody that he has any kind of synergy with in any way, shape, or form. You know, Dobbs is starting to get there a little bit in the previous game, got hurt in this last game. So, you know, some of that is just having new guys, but some of it is Aaron's fault. 
you know, Aaron wasn't there in the offseason to the extent that he mm-hmm. needed to be. And now he's complaining about the fact that he doesn't have that synergy with those guys. Well, well, dude, that's what practice is for. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I, nothing replaces practice. And, and I get that you want to go do your Zen master thing in Malibu <laughs> in California. I want to do that, too. And I mean, it, like, I'm all, all into that. But while your career is still going, you have to do the little things that count in the in the progress of a season and he's very defensive about that instead of just owning it just own the fact that you didn't do this this is why the team is here and that you're going to change it going forward and stop you know stop being so negative about you know the tough love stuff like the tough love starts with yourself show up in the offseason that's that's what it's about Jason, I got to tell you that uh, I'm not beyond admitting when I was wrong, and I was wrong about Tua Tagovailoa. I, I I never I never admit when I'm wrong. I never do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, one of one of us is being honest here. Uh, the fact of the matter yes. is, I believe uh, that I was wrong about Tua. I didn't think he and Tyreek Hill would hook up like they have, and then throwing Jalen Waddle in the mix and Gasicki at tight end. Tua Tagovailoa has now impressed me yesterday, or last Sunday, rather. He threw three touchdown passes in a very wild game against the Bears, 35-32, where Justin Fields uh, rushed for 178 yards. That was as entertaining a game as I've seen so far this year. Yeah, it was a wonderful game. I mean, Dolphins still don't play defense very well. Um, Not since, you know, the Buffalo game. They haven't played really great defense. But Look, Tua is doing the things that he's best at right now since the injury. Okay, since the injury, it's like, you know, one, two, three, ball's got to go. Like, get back on your back foot, release the ball, throw aggressively into the middle of the field, you know, get it to Waddle, get it to Hill, stop screwing around with it, stop holding the ball, trying to make more out of a play. As soon as you start to hold the ball too long and try to make too much of it out of a play, you're going to get hit. And when you get hit, you're not a big dude, and you're going to get knocked around. It's the same kind of thing as Zach Wilson. He and Zach Wilson are smaller guys who don't take a lot of punishment and get and are going to get hurt. So do the thing you're good at, which is get the ball out of your hands. I mean, unfortunately, Tua is never going to be as fast as he was during his freshman year at Alabama because he got hurt. You know, you, you don't have a hip injury and ankle injuries and everything else that's happened to him and maintain your speed. So be a pocket passer, get the ball out of your hands, stop screwing around with it. And by the way, the Dolphins did the perfect thing, which is get weapons. This is what, you know, I always go back to Bill Polian. What did Bill Polian do? You got Pey- Peyton Manning. Did he say, oh, Peyton, go make all these guys great? He said, no, 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 let me go get guys like Reggie Wayne. You already had Marvin Harrison when you walked in the door. I'll get you Reggie Wayne. I'll get you Dallas Clark. I'll get you Edgerin James. I'll get you more running backs. I'm going to keep feeding you more and more players so that we can take advantage of all of your talents. And, yeah, we're going to be weak on defense as a result, but we're going to be in the in the hunt every single year. And, the, and if not for the Patriots – the Colts probably would have won three or four titles. I remember talking to Polian um, in Peyton Manning's rookie year. Uh, and I was doing the Jets and he came, uh, they came in uh, to play the Jets. And I saw Bill at halftime and I said, what was the single thing that drove you to draft Peyton Manning and not go the other way? He said, I had dinner with each guy. That's all I needed. 
And from that dinner, I made my decision. Yeah. Well, one was a professional and one, the other one was Ryan, you know, you know, Ryan Leaf. I mean, right. Yeah, Ryan Leaf. I mean, yeah. And, and Ryan has done a wonderful job of sort of reclaiming his life and cleaning himself up. But at that point in his life, he was not. And I think it was very obvious. And one, again, and Peyton was fully concentrated on being the best player he could possibly be. That was, there was nothing that was going to stop him mentally from getting there. And that's what he achieved. Now, you go to a lot of games, right? And you sit in the press box, you write your stories and so on. And man, I'm sure you sit home and watch a lot of games on television. But I guarantee you that you don't yell at the screen like I did last Sunday in watching Tampa Bay beat the Rams the last drive. I'm saying to the Rams, what in, have you never seen Tom Brady play? Why would you give him the middle of the field on the last drive and not guard against the sidelines? No timeouts, and you're letting him complete passes and then call timeout. I mean, I, it was so easy for Tom Brady because he's done it a thousand times. I thought the Rams gave that game away. Oh, yeah, they did. They did a poor, poor job. And, uh, you know, on one critical do- drive. I mean, they had him under control for 59 minutes and, what was it, 16 seconds? And then right. for 44 seconds, actually 35 seconds because they scored with nine seconds left. You know, they had uh, a brain fart. I mean, it's just, you know, it was, you know, it was really poor coaching on the on the part of Raheem Morris, um, you know, which probably makes up for what happened at the end of the you know the NFC, you know the playoff game last year between those two teams, when Todd Bowles you know called his you know an all-out blitz with zero coverage and allowed you know Cooper Cup to get over the top. I mean, those things happen, right? Um, you know, good coaches make critical mistakes in critical situations. Um, but yeah, that that's a costly one. It's probably knocked. It's probably knocked the entire Rams season you know off the tracks. That was sort of the final blow for me. Um, and what. I, well, um, and what I'm seeing out of the Rams this year. So, well, you, but you yeah, look, it, was, you, it was bad. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting to me that you, when you look at the NFC West, who's sitting atop the West? Seattle. Uh, they were probably the fourth choice. Everybody thought it was going to be San Francisco or the Rams or maybe the Cardinals. But here, the Seattle Seahawks are sitting on top of the NFC West. How do you explain it? San Francisco screwed up too many games. Yeah. Seattle's not very good. I mean, look, don't fool yourself. I mean, they had a nice running game, and obviously the wide receivers are good. And so they're maximizing their offense and making Geno look pretty good. And, and and give Geno some credit. He's learned to play, to play quarterback. That doesn't mean that he's a great player, but he's learned to play quarterback at a competent level, which will you know keep him in a job for under probably another five or six or seven years, right? And you know, God bless them. You know, go out and make some good money. You know, play some football. You know, the best you can. But he's not a great player. They're not a great team. Um, they played some a, a pretty weak schedule when they played the 49ers in in San Francisco in Week Two. They got outclassed, and they're going to get outclassed in the second half of the season when they face tougher tough, tougher competition. Uh, I, I just don't believe in that team in any way, shape, or form. And so, uh, look to me that that just that division is is waiting for the 49ers to play consistent yep. football. Yep. And once they play consistent football, um, 
they should take over. Now, if they don't, then Seattle, yeah, Seattle has a chance. They're a well-coached team. They, you know, like they're not a, a mirage the way that Arizona is a mirage, you know, on offense. Like I just don't believe in what they do. Um, and you know, the Rams are just done. They're cooked. Okay. They, they put, they went all out last year. They got it done, but they're just, you know, they, they don't have the same level of intensity this year coming back. Right. So yeah, Seattle has a chance if San Francisco doesn't get it together, but I fully expect San Francisco is going to get it together. The NFC East last year, we called it the NFC least. Now uh-huh. top to bottom, maybe the best division in football. Uh, it's them where the AFC East is pretty good too, right? Yeah. So the, yeah. the, the AFC, you know, everybody's above 500 over there. Um, so that'd be, a, it's a good battle, but look, Philly is legit. I mean, when, now some of this is fed by the fact that they have, what is it? An 18 to three turnover margin, which is just absurd, right? Like hmm. they're plus 15 on turnovers through eight games. Like they're just, that's not supposed to happen. Um, but they, but they did it and their yards per, per play differential is something like three yards better than their opponents, which is an absurd number. It's like, you know, that's undefeated season kind of stuff and they are undefeated. I don't expect that that's going to hold up over the course of the entire season. I do expect that they're going to end up with the number one seed. I think that Minnesota is going to falter here in the second half. And the only real threat to Philadelphia is whether Dallas can get it together in the, the division um, and somehow sneak past them. I don't expect that to happen, but you know it's possible. So, look, Philly's you know got a, a pretty easy road here to the number one seed in the NFC, mm-hmm. and then we'll see how is Jalen Hurts against playoff caliber defenses. Um, you know, like how is he? How is he in those types of games? Um, you know, that's where. His, you know, he went off, a little bit off the rails when he was at Alabama in that championship game, and the, the reason why he lost his job at the college level. But so far this season, yeah, Jalen Hurts is the MVP of the league, and they're the best team by far. Well, I tell you, it's uh, it's interesting to know you. You mentioned Minnesota. Here they are with a seven and one record. They play at Buffalo this week, but the question is, uh, what's the story with Josh Allen? They apparently he, he underwent tests. Uh, for his either right arm or right wrist, I'm not sure. I don't know if you've heard anything about that. No, I haven't heard anything about that. I mean, you're talking about the Vikings. You're talking about the Bills. No, talking you know, about like, about Josh Allen and the Buffaloes yeah. playing Minnesota. Right, right, week. yeah. Question right. is, does Josh Allen play? I don't know that. Um, we'll see. I mean, that was a rough hit that he took at the end of, end of the Jets game, where you know that, that's kind of that's the kind of play where a guy can strain his arm where he's in full motion and um, I can see where something, something went wrong. We'll see what happens. If that, if that he does not play, that is more of this great luck that the Vikings are running into this season. I mean, they're six of their seven wins are against sub 500 teams. Mm-hmm. Okay. The one win that they have over a team with a winning record was the dolphins where they got out gained almost two to one in the game. And they got three turnovers because Teddy Bridgewater was playing. I mean, if Tua plays in that game and they don't make, you know, one or two of those turnovers, the the Dolphins probably win that game fairly handily. But 
you know, we'll we'll see what happens with Vikings. I just I think they are definitely a mirage. I think that they're going to regress here in the second half. They'll make the playoffs because Green Bay's terrible, and Chicago and Detroit are just you know in full rebuild. So they'll win the division, but they're seven and one, you know, and they're you know swagger with you know Kirk. Kirk Thuggins wearing chains in a video. Like, I love that nickname. That's fantastic. I, that's one of the best things. That's one of the best things I've seen all season. That's so, that was so much fun. It's just not real. I mean, Kirk Cousins only has two fumbles this year. This is a guy who, who averages 10 fumbles a year for seven years. He's got two. Now, maybe that's O'Connell doing a nice job of protecting him. Maybe it's, you know, Cousins be more conscious of it. I tend to think it's more luck. He's just had a really good eight game run with with only the two fumbles, and that there'll be a correction in the second half. As with everything, they'll end up with you know twelve or tw- probably eleven or twelve wins, win the division pretty easily. But they're not they're not what we see. Living uh, Jason in the New York area, I obviously read a lot about the Jets and the Giants. Both of whom uh, are sitting in pretty good. I think each of them a third in the respective conferences. Uh, now I looked at the jet schedule. Here they are, a six and three team. Let's just say the remaining eight games, they split. You're telling me that the Jets could be a ten wins team? Yeah, I mean you got seventeen games, so yeah, yeah. your yeah. shot at ten wins is a little bit easier these days, right? I mean. But coming into the season, I would have expected that the defense would have improved the way it has. But I'm not sure that I would have said that this is definitely going to be a playoff contender. They've taken an additional step because the defense has come further, farther than I expected. Um, And they've covered up some of their deficiencies on offense so far with playing lower scoring games. So Give Salah a lot of credit for managing games pretty well so far this season. Are they a real threat? No. They're sort of like, to me, the Vikings are in the NFC. It's a great story. It's great progress. You see where the, where the team can go from here. But there are still some gaps here um, between what what they what the record says and what the reality is of how of whether they're a contender. Meanwhile, the Giants, uh, when they came into the season, Daniel Jones's option was not picked up. His fifth-year option was not picked up, which screams out loud, uh, this is a make-or-break year for him. Now, he's getting a lot of support from Saquon Barkley, who's having a really good year. But you look at, uh, at Jones and what he's got to throw to and so on, I'm surprised that they're 6-2. and two, But, uh, you know, I think that Brian Dable – set the tone from day one when he went for two in that initial game he told his team i believe in you well number one he told me he believes in him but i think more importantly i was talking to mike martz and bill polian about him two weeks ago the thing that they say about dave is an incredible teacher and they do things they do all the little things the right way and the little things in this league, and you talk about how does Belichick coach? It's little things. Make sure you do all the little things right. How do you block? What's your footwork like? You know, and then if you can get some players with that, and Saquon is that player, you can do a little bit of damage, right? You now, can get, they get some more players? He's maximizing Daniel Jones right now. Is Daniel Jones really the guy? 
I don't think so. But I think they have to stay with him. Like, because are you going to go into the draft looking for another guy? I mean, maybe if somebody falls in your lap and you develop him in the, in the second or third round. But other than that, I think you're saying, let me go get somebody. I'm going to, I'm going to get somebody that, like, what Kadarius Tony was supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of a nutcase. I'm going to get somebody that that was supposed to do what Kadarius Tony was 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 drafted to do, help out Daniel Jones, you know, maximize Saquon Bar- Barkley here over the next two or three years, and take our shot at it, and then just keep rebuilding the roster and rebuilding the roster, and hope that I can I can get something out of this because, you know, again the NFC is not that great. I think it's going to continue to go backwards as Rodgers and Brady, you know, age out. Um, and, you know, as the 49ers are probably going to move on from Garoppolo at some point in time. So the quarterbacking in the NFC is not going to be all that awesome. Um, play it out with Daniel Jones for a couple more years. I mean, draft some guys to, to challenge him, you know, in the later rounds, but play it out with him. Before I let you go, you mentioned Belichick before. Uh, Belichick and the Patriots. Blew out the Colts 26 to 3. That signaled the end of Frank Reich as the head coach. I mean, they sacked the quarterback nine times. Belichick's defense has never been questionable. So Frank Reich gets fired. Jeff Saturday, yesterday, is named uh, the head coach. Now, I know Jeff a long time uh, and texted him yesterday. Uh, said, I didn't realize that coaching was in your DNA. He said, The owner contacted me, and, you know, we've had discussions before. And so I said, you know what? Why not? Why not? I mean, the guys, he's a great football guy. He's got no coaching experience, but I wish him well because I like Jeff personally. Well, I like Jeff personally as well. Um, he's not qualified to be a head coach. Right. Not, not now. I mean, well, before you, before you finish, Gus Bradley was a defensive coordinator. Why not him? I don't know. I, I look, you're asking me to read. Jim Irsay's mind. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, look, and I like Jim. He's a very, very nice man. And he and Jim has football background. Right? He he was in personnel. You know, he actually worked at it. So, you know, but but he also has these moments, and we all know it. Um you know, whether they're driven by his former demons or current demons or whatever it is, where he just, you know, he gets a different thought in his head about how you're going to do something. And he tries it. Now, to his credit, if it doesn't work, he moves on from it. And I don't know that he looks at this as this is the long-term solution. Maybe this is just the Band-Aid to try and figure out what's going on in his organization. Maybe he's saying, look, Jeff, I want you in the building and in touch with everybody to decide what am I going to do here going forward with this coaching staff, with this personnel, with my GM, with everything that I'm doing? And then give me your analysis when it's done. Maybe that's what this is all about. But if you're talking about qualifications to be a head coach, I'm sorry, Jeff Saturday has not worked at this yet. I'm not saying he couldn't ever be a good, good head coach, but you've never been on a sideline calling plays. You've never right. managed, you know, you've been a center, which is really important and really heady stuff. And smart guy stuff. I, I'll grant you all that. That's why I think he could be a head coach, but he hasn't actually done it. And I think it's an insult to a lot of guys in this league who want that opportunity 
that you allowed this guy to leapfrog all of those guys, even if it's just for, you know, eight or nine games. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's an absurd thing to do. But hey, if it works, more power to him. You know, absolutely. You know, go ahead and, you know, look, Jim, it's your team. You, you own it. You make the decisions. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. And it would be the, it would again be the first time I've ever admitted that I'm wrong. If that, if that's true. <laughs> Always appreciate your insight, Jason. Thanks a million. And I mean, I'm, I'm curious. We'll see how the whole thing plays out, but I, I I'm unashamedly, I'm rooting for Jeff. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I look. I would never root against somebody unless it was Dave Wanstead. But um... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, you know, I'll... yeah, you you mentioned the name out of the past. I'll never forget. Remember when Jason Garrett was an assistant coach on the Dolphins staff? Yeah, and and I know Jason from his days at Princeton. And I see him after a particular game. I see him in a parking lot, and I said, "What happened?" He said, I'll give you an idea. In the first quarter, Dave said, where I could hear him on my headphones, Dave said, we're almost in position for a field goal. And I went, we're playing for field goals? Is that the word here? (laughs) I never forgot that. That's that's Dave wants that to to kick field goals and and win on defense. And like no understanding of how modern football works. None. Zero. You stay safe, my friend. Thanks a million. All right. Thank you very much. He's Jason Cole. We're awaiting uh, Andy Vasquez, who will join us momentarily. And we'll uh, we'll talk a little Jets football with him. Uh, I think it's, look, Jason knows the NFL as well as anybody. Uh, I'll be very interested to see uh, how Jeff Saturday does in Indianapolis. I'll be interested to see if Seattle can sustain what they're doing. Uh, you know, we'll find out. Uh, we'll, we'll find out exactly what that's all about. We'll find out if uh, Tampa Bay is for real. Can they challenge for a championship? I mean, who really knows? We we don't really know, but uh, we'll find out. As for Green Bay. As we welcome in Andy Vasquez from the Newark Star Ledger. Andy, how are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I can't complain. Uh, otherwise, you know, remember that scene in the Bronx Tale where Sonny's talking to the kid in the bar and he said, nobody cares. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Well, you know, tell me a guy in this country that can't quote a line from any mob movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of one. Right. You witnessed... Um, Nothing shocks me in sports. Nothing. Surprising. But what the Jets did to Buffalo was stunning in view of the fact they were down double digits and came back against a very good football team. Yeah, I would say that's the most surprising start. I didn't think that the Jets, I thought the Jets could win that game. I thought they played Buffalo well. I picked them to lose in a close game. But once they got down by 11 points in the first quarter, uh, I did not see them having a the firepower or the mental mental wherewithal to to be able to withstand what they needed to withstand, and they did both things. I mean, they they scored a couple touchdowns. They dealt with and overcame some adversity with the whole sky cam delay and, and all of that. Um, and then they won a close game down the stretch. Uh, the defense got a stop. They went down the field. Uh, I think they ran it eight times in a row for seventy three yards. Uh, got a key first down, 
and, and then kick the field goal and, and put Buffalo in a situation where it was going to be really hard for them to win. So um, the way they did it is surprising, but I will say that there's just this weird belief that they have. And it's not something they're just saying after these games that they believe they can win. Like you could feel it. It's been happening for weeks now. And I don't know how that happened or why it happened. I think it's just so many new guys and Robert Sala's message is obviously being bought into, uh, but it's different. It's way different than it felt before. And uh, it, it's been interesting to watch. And obviously a, a six and three team, not where you thought the jets would be at this stage of the season. <laughs> The most famous uh, the line that's always associated with the Jets, same old Jets. And after the opening kickoff where the kicker slipped and fell on his butt, you said, oh, no, is this the way this game's going to go? Yeah. But it didn't. Uh, look, I- I've seen enough Jet games over the course of my life broadcasting their games during the Parcells time. Uh, that's when they were very good and they contended for a Super Bowl. Well, now – the season begins, the pr- projection was five wins, maybe six at the most. Yeah. And here they are with six wins, eight games to play. Just play the game of mathematics. If they split the last eight games, they're a 10-win team. Nobody could have forecast that. No, I mean, I think I even, I said like best case scenario, they could win 10 games if everything goes right. Like if Zach Wilson plays great and if Sauce Gardner is the guy you thought he would be and if, all the all these ifs and they haven't even hit all the ifs and they're still in position to do that pretty easily. It's it's just I think they're a little bit better than and further along than we thought they were. They're definitely deeper because they've withstood some key injuries and they're still you know able to knock off a team like Buffalo. Um, and we haven't seen Zach Wilson really play that well yet. So the, they're still learning and developing and growing. And I think the ceiling for this team um you know, you don't know. Are they going to hit a rookie wall here because they have so many guys, young guys contributing, or are they going to gel and get even better as the season goes on? They're they're a very interesting team moving forward. But yeah, I think when you can do what they did the other day against Buffalo and come back from a double digit deficit, um, you're going to be a team that AFC teams, even if they're really good, aren't going to want to see in the playoffs. You look at this uh, this young roster, and the thing that impressed me, uh, what Joe Douglas accomplished in the draft, uh, you got to give him an A uh, if you're going to rate him and his performance. You got to give him an A. Uh, the two tight ends they got in free agency, I thought was a good – I'd like to see them throw to them a little bit more than they are. But Zach Wilson – look, the jury's still out. Uh, Andy, sure. you know that. The jury's still out on this guy. Uh, he, he didn't – and Salah said it before the game. He said, it's okay to be boring. And that's what he wants from his quarterback. Don't throw the ball all over the line. I don't need you to do that. Yeah, I think that's kind of what was such a red flag about the Patriots game is that Wilson, you know, it didn't look great. The stats were bad. Uh, but the Jets were winning and he wasn't turning over the ball. And then at some point, you know, he's 23 years old. He became impatient. And that point was the Patriots game. And he forced the issue and, and threw three really bad interceptions and people freaked out. Um, and then he kind of goes back and now he, now he looked more comfortable in the pocket against the page against the bills than he has since the fourth quarter of that Steelers game. And I think that was really encouraging because that's like a direct response to a week full of criticism that was both local from us as the beat writers and on sports talk radio to him being a topic of conversation every morning on national shows, like on ESPN and stuff like that. Um, for him to respond to that and, and play 
a game where he completed 72 pass, uh, 72 percent of his passes, which is his highest completion percentage in a game ever. I think he had his highest quarterback rating ever. Now, he only threw for 154 yards and a touchdown. You look at that and you're like, well, it's not so good. But when you consider kind of what he did the week before and, and where the conversation was about him, it, it shows that he can take the heat. And I think that's what he's got to keep doing. Like there's going to be the opportunities for him to turn it loose. Um, but against the Patriots and against teams like the Bills, that's not it. You got to play that conservative style that they've been playing. And it worked. He he was a big reason. He wasn't the biggest reason they won, but he certainly didn't hurt them. And he was a reason they won the other day. So um, he scrambled on third down. He didn't leave the pocket too early, but he scrambled, got two, two third down conversions with his legs, threw a big pass to Denzel Mims at the end of that final drive. I mean, um, that's what you want to see from him. It's game 19. Like you said, the jury's still out, but if he can keep doing stuff like that, um, the jets can win with him and that's what they need right now. Do you think, and this is kind of a reach, but I'll ask anyway, do you think Buffalo didn't take the jets seriously before the game started? I don't know. Um, I think if they'd been paying attention and they see the way the jets had been playing, they, if they were, if they watched the film, they probably were taking them seriously. And I think, um, you know, the things they said after the game, too, were interesting because I can't remember who said it, but one of the players in the Bills locker room said, you know, this team is different. Like, mm. they got something going on here. So I, I think if they were paying attention, um, they knew before the game started, but I think pretty early they had an idea that, that it was different. I think if you look at their defense and, and what they've been able to do, especially the Bills offense was ready for a challenge. Well, their defense, Andy, was uh, outstanding to say the least. Uh, you get to to uh, Josh Allen as much as they did, sacking him five times. Uh, and, and the way Sauce Gardner has started out, the way Quentin Williams is playing, the way Quincy Williams is playing, the, the return of, of Mobley. And uh, this defense clearly is very solid. Uh, and, you know, Parcells used to tell me that you can win with defense. You don't have to be – you don't have to put up 50 points. Uh, you just look at uh, – Holmes is an example. The other day he threw, what, 60-something passes? <laughs> you don't have to do that. And and we'll, I'm not sure that Wilson's equipped to do that. Oh, I don't think so. I, I think they're going to – I'm not saying Zach Wilson can't get to a point where he can be a guy who throws 40 times a game and they win, but we're not at that point. Uh, if this team is going to do anything this year, it's going to be leaning on their defense, uh, establishing the run, and letting Zach – take advantage of opportunities that are there, which is exactly what they did the other day. And I think that was probably the most encouraging thing about this win. Not only do they beat a Buffalo team that has, you know, a great offense and a great defense, but when Brees Hall was lost for the season a couple of weeks ago, you thought, okay, this identity that they've established of being able to pound the ball and do what we just talked about, they can't do that anymore. And like I said, on that last drive, that's exactly what they did when the game was on the line. So you can see a path to like this team being able to win right now. And I think that's cool. And, and then when you look at their defense, and like you said, Quinn Williams playing at a high level, Sauce is playing at a high level. Um, what it's allowed them to do with the defensive line and, and Quinnen, you know, Carl Lawson, John Franklin Myers, I think the Jets blitz like once or twice the other day and still sack Josh Allen five times. And when you've got corners like DJ Reed and sauce Gardner and Michael Carter, the second who are all playing at a high level, especially um, I thought it was telling sauce is playing great, but when they kind of switched and, and made sure DJ Reed was on Diggs's side of the field for most of the second half and late in the first, 
Um, Diggs didn't do anything. DJ Reed is playing at a very high level right now and also is a big reason that Sauce Gardner has been able to come along as nicely as he has. So um, it's just a very good combination of things. You got Mosley with the experience in the middle, two lockdown corners, a good slot corner, and then a defensive line that can get pressure on the quarterback without blitzing. Um, that's going to be tough for any team to beat. Well, talking with Andy Vasquez of the Newark Star-Ledger covering the Jets. Uh, Carter gets 76 yards on the ground on only 12 carries. Uh, newcomer James Robinson contributes with 48 yards. But there's always that thought, can you imagine what the Jets would have been like with Brees Hall, the way that he was playing? Uh, it's kind of a shame, really, but everybody says that injuries are part of the game. I don't know that I believe that, but the fact of the matter is they do have an assemblance of a running game, uh, not as good as it would have been with Hall, but uh, can you win with this? And and is this more of a stepping stone than anything else? Yeah, well, it is really unfortunate they don't have Hall because you think about it and like the Jets, I mean, I was just kind of looking at some numbers here. They haven't drafted, this is just how like bad it's been. They haven't drafted a guy with a thousand yards, receiving yards in the season since like Jericho Cotri. They haven't <laughs> drafted a guy with a thousand career yards in the season since Quincy and Nunwa. Like they they just don't draft a lot of weapons. I know Hall's a running back, but he was on pace to to have a great year. So Typically, with this has happened to the Jets, you'd be like, yeah, they're kind of screwed. But you look at they have weapons still. They have uh, obviously a lot of weird stuff is going on with Elijah Moore, but he is a guy who's explosive. Michael Carter showed his explosiveness the other day. Garrett Wilson has looked great uh, on track to just under a thousand receiving yards right now as a rookie. Um, and he's still figuring it out. I think he's going to look better at the end of the season than he does now. So, yeah, I, I think. It's probably a stepping stone here, more likely than not, just because Zach Wilson is probably going to need to be a little bit better for them to win tough games in the playoffs. But they can still give teams trouble right now. I think that's what this Buffalo game proved. It's not just about like, oh, this team can make the playoffs. This team can actually be like a contender in the AFC East and, and be dangerous for a team. I'm not saying they're a favorite or anything, but I'm just saying like, they they think they're going to think they're going to win, and I don't think other teams are going to want to play them. And they got to uh, look. They have the week off this week, and so you get a week to enjoy what happened last week. But if Robert Sala is any kind of a coach, he said, "Forget about last week. It happened. It's done. We won the game. Now let's just relax right now the rest of this week and get ready to play New England on the road, who they haven't beaten but a dozen years or a dozen times. Yeah, thirteen. And, yeah, I mean, look, New England played great defense last week. They recorded nine quarterback sacks. I think when New England plays the Jets, I think the first team to seven wins. <laughs> it sure could be that way. I know that it was interesting because, you know, especially when you're playing the Patriots, teams try very hard to avoid bulletin board material. And the last two times, like before they played them two weeks ago, the Jets kind of talked a little bit before that game. And obviously it didn't go well. Um, and you would have thought like they wouldn't talk this time, but in the locker room the other night, they were already talking about the Patriots. They were like, we we are looking forward to that game. Like Sauce Gardner was just asked a question. And Sauce is like a nice kid. He's not coming from a place of like, it's not like a brash thing. It's just, he's pretty honest about how he feels. And he was asked like, how do you prepare during the week for games like this? And he's like, well, this week was hard because I, it wasn't until Wednesday. Where I was like, I can't believe we didn't beat those guys. You know, and I'm really <laughs> looking forward to playing them after the bye. And then he kind of caught himself. He's like, I'm also looking forward to the bye. But DJ Reed was like grinning when he said, yeah, I know who we play after the bye. I can't wait for it. Um, and you know that stuff's going to get back to Belichick in New England. But um, this team has done a very good job of not, you know, kind of 
feeling itself too much, not not reading its own headlines for good or for bad. Uh, when things have gone bad, they've responded. When things go well, they have done a good job of keeping it together for the most part. There's obviously some individual exceptions. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to come back from the bye and be ready to play in that game. And I think uh, they're better than the Patriots at this point in, in terms of having more talent. Uh, that doesn't mean they're going to win because there's all sorts of pressure and it's going to be a very telling game. Do you expect Elijah Moore to be a jet at the end of the season? I mean, I don't. It's going to depend how the next eight games go. I think uh, for the Jets to be as good of a team as they can be in these eight games, uh, they've got to figure out a way to get him more involved. Now, I understand uh, he, you know, he didn't go with them to Denver. He's had a different role the last two games. I don't necessarily think that's a red flag type thing. I think when a guy does something like that, when you have a a team that that's doing really well, you can't just restore them to, to normalcy. Um, that's not going to go over in the locker room. Now there's going to be a point and it's probably going to be against the Patriots or soon thereafter where they have to get him involved because they just need uh, more production and they need more big time weapons. If they can figure out a way that, that he's a big part of the offense. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the leading guy. I think that's Garrett Wilson's job. Um, but I think if they can get him involved in the offense and they can win, yeah, I think he could be back. But I think if it looks anything like it does now, no. Appreciate your insight, Andy. Thanks a million. You, you stay safe. You too, and thanks for having me. It's Andy Vasquez of the Newark Star-Ledger. Uh, he covers the New York Jets, and you uh, you say to yourself, well, is this Jet team for Rio? I, I maintain you get to take certain steps in the league. Uh, you go from blowing it all up to improving at some key positions, notably quarterback. Uh, you start thinking about some things and you say to yourself, well, can you, are we, are we believing our headlines? That's where I think Robert Sala comes in because Robert Sala to me is a guy that seems to have a great handle, uh, young enough that he can identify with these young players and I think that at, at a certain time, they're listening to what he's saying and they're buying in. They're not getting too pumped up after the win against Buffalo. They're not getting too down after a game that they could have won against the New England Patriots. But good news is they get another shot at them. And I don't know that they're going to uh, they're gonna get to a point where uh, they wind up beating uh, the New England Patriots the next time around. Um I I uh I feel um I just want to make sure that we get our guy and see if um if he can pop up for us. Mark Gon is who we're waiting on for the Buffalo News. I don't want to get the other side of what happened on Sunday. Um we'll see if we can make that happen as soon as possible. I, I look, look, I still think the Buffalo Bills are the team to beat. Now, I don't know about the outcome of what Josh Allen went through in terms of uh, not an examination. I don't know what kind of process he's going through, but keep this in mind. It's his right hand, his right arm that they're dealing with. And, and I don't know uh, anything about what's going on. I don't know if he's okay. I don't know if he's injured. Nobody has said a word yet, but you got to keep this in mind. If he's healthy, the Buffalo Bills can win a Super Bowl. And their challenges in the AFC will come from Miami, Baltimore, 
I'm not sure if it goes beyond Miami and Baltimore. Um, do I think Kansas City still has a shot? Yes. But I'm not going to go turn my back on Patrick Mahomes. Um, I, I don't know. I The way I look at it, it's it's anybody's game in the AFC and the NFC. I think it's more defined. Philadelphia is a team to beat. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. They've got it going on both sides of the ball, and hopefully uh, they'll be able to they'll be able to make it happen. I wanted to check with Mark on and see if he's on board with us. Let me just see if he's on board with us so we can continue this NFL conversation. One second, if you can just be patient, I'll be right with you. Let's see if Mark is. We'll see if he's uh, on board with us. And if so, great. If not, we'll move on. Call it for another day. You know, certain things happen. It's the way of the broadcasting business. One thing, look, I'm a broadcaster. I will always be a broadcaster. I I hear things that I question. I hear things that I admire. Uh, I listen to certain guys do games. Joe Buck comes to mind. Last night, watching the Monday night game, I think Joe Buck is as good a broadcaster in football, as good a broadcaster as there is, period. I mean, I think he's top of the heap right now. I put Iron Eagle in that same category. I've got my doubts about, you know, some other guys. Um, I, I I question a lot of what I hear uh, and, and don't question a lot of what I hear, but that's what you do. You sit there. Uh, I've been in the fire, okay? You don't sit and rehearse what you're going to say. It comes out naturally because that's the nature of the beast. Having said all of that, we were hoping to have Mark on. Uh, it doesn't appear that that's going to be possible. So that's unfortunate for us. Appreciate your time being a part of Howard David Live. On Believe, you stay safe. Have a great day. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.